there's always this common theme that when the people, when we talk to people, they're very, very concerned. I guess the overwhelming uh, topic or the overwhelming theme through everyone is, is getting their money out of the banks as fast as possible. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. And it is Tuesday once again. So that means it's time for our physical silver market update with Andy Sheckman, where fortunately he checks in every week just to give us an idea of what's going on in the retail level, what customers are doing, anything that's happening with the premiums and any updates that often are hard for people to get just uh, from reading the news and watching the price each day. So Andy, great to have you joining me once again this week. And uh, how's everything going with you today, my friend? Good to see you, Chris. It's good, buddy. It's good. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, remarkably calm here today. So not a lot happening in the metals industry over the last few days. A little bit of calm. And after the last three years, that's all right by me. Well, I know it's been an active time, especially towards the end of last year, and perhaps you touched on question number one, but now that we are a week, a little bit over that into 2023, uh, sounds like things have been a little bit of a continuation of the holiday season, or what What have you noticed so far in terms of the order flow? Order flow has been better, actually. Uh, there are, uh, it's as if the light switch is turned back on, but it's not the way that it was yet um, for most of 2022. I think certainly we will we will get there. It's just that things are beginning to unfold again. People are coming back and getting into um, the swing of things. But yeah, it's definitely more robust, Chris, than it was the entire month of December, but not like what we've seen uh, on any level um, for the last three years in terms of panic and craziness and, um, but I'll tell you, there's always this common theme that when the people, when we talk to people, they're very, very concerned. I guess the overwhelming uh, topic or the overwhelming theme through everyone is is getting their money out of the banks as fast as possible. And when we do orders, it's always about how fast can it get delivered? When can I expect to receive this? How fast will it clear? What's the fastest way to get your funds? So. The anxiety is still there. People are still very concerned about what's going on around them. And, um, you know, I guess it's just been a little bit quiet on the political front. It's been a little bit quiet on the geopolitical front over the last, you know, few weeks with the holidays. And look, nothing's changing. And so, yeah, it's gotten a little bit better, but it's uh, it's still a good time. It's a good time to add because premiums are still really, really low in comparison to where they've been for the last three years and availability is really, really good in comparison to where it's been for the last three years. So a really good time to enter if you've been waiting for that pullback, this is the time. You know, I know gold and silver have performed well, especially catching a bid like they did on Friday, um, but the premiums haven't jumped yet. And, you know, that can happen like that or they can stay here for a while. All I know is it's the best premiums we've seen in three years right now. Yeah, and you touched on something that I've been wondering about there, where the people are calling in right now. I'm curious, what is are the reasons the same for why they're buying as opposed to a couple of years ago? And is it that people are starting to look at the Fed and wondering if the interest rate heights are going to stick? Or 
what has that been like and is it different from times past? Look, what I think has a lot of people concerned is that there's a 60-40 model that is pervasive by money managers and hedge fund managers and, and pension managers and 401k managers and the 60-40 being a 60% split in stocks, 40% in bonds. When I started in this industry, bonds were called risk off, stocks were called risk on. The older you get, you transition into more of a risk off portfolio where you're getting paid by the government to invest in their debt. You have the safety of the U.S. Treasury backstopping. And that was always considered the safe haven. And that's why you had this 60-40 split. Coincidentally, the insurance companies and the pension funds, which are, I think, in very precarious position, use that same mantra. Well, it's interesting to note that this, 2022, was the worst performing year for the 10-year Treasury in the history of the Treasury, down 16%. And the third worst year in the 60-40 model allocation. So you get a lot of these financial advisors who have been saying to their clients, listen, just hang on, just hang on, everything will be okay, just hang on. And they look at their statement and they say, you know, I own all these bonds to protect me from the poor performance of my stock portfolio and the bond market is getting eviscerated. And so I think people are waking up to the lack of alternatives and wonder, as rates continue to rise, what pressure is that going to continue to put upon this model that hasn't been, I guess, reevaluated in terms of strategy forever? And so what you have is an awakening, I think, and an awakening by people looking at their statements saying, my God, even the hedge, even the portion of my portfolio, the risk off portion that was there to protect the risky portion has probably done worse than the stocks. And as rates continue to rise, what's going to happen? And so I think what you're seeing is a realization that, you know, there has to be another alternative out there to just gold and silver. We are seeing, I believe, more interest from people, not the people who've been listening to you and I forever, but the people who are just fed up with listening to mainstream rhetoric and looking at their statement at the end of 2022, realizing that 2023 could be much worse. The Fed says they're going to continue to raise rates. What happens? And I think that's the overwhelming theme. And we're getting a lot of calls from money managers, too, who are echoing something similar. We have clients looking for alternatives to the bond market. And I think gold and silver, if I had to guess, will be the primary benefactor of that type of thought process here in 2023 as rates continue to rise. Yeah, well, the unfortunate part is that it leaves people in a challenging environment because even with the higher rates, you know, if you're holding cash and inflation seven or eight percent or God knows what the uh, real numbers would look like. But even if you're holding bonds, you're you're still losing the value of what you're holding there. And I think maybe with the inflation of the past year, that's started to become something that people are thinking about a little bit more, but perhaps still sinking in, especially from the Wall Street perspective. But I guess that's the unfortunate part and and doesn't leave people with an easy choice when the supposed safe havens, even even with the rally of the past year, at least in the dollar, but you know, not not quite as much rally in treasuries, but those supposed safe havens are still leaving in a position where you're losing what you have. Yeah, you know, the, the Fed talks about, Powell talks about raising rates to 5% on the 10-year treasury. Now, it, it's interesting 
you know, you look at what happened um, with with the ten-year Treasury selling off the other day, and really the rates dropping from you know upper fours down to the mid three and a half. Like, who the hell's dumb enough to buy Treasuries that's yielding under four percent with even using their metrics? Uh, a negative real return on the CPI measured against, uh, or the CPI measured against the yield on the 10-year, a negative real return of three, four, five percent. You use John Williams numbers, you know, like you said, who knows what the real numbers are. The real return is negative. And when you talk about the term in economics called Gibson's paradox, that's the inverse relationship between real interest rates and the price of gold. And, and so when you're looking at a 10-year treasury here at 3.5%, you're, you're, you know, you're going backwards by the same amount. Your negative real return is 3.5% minimum. And if we were really honest about inflation, you're talking probably, according to John Williams, 10% negative real return. And so this is, this is really, I think, kind of the awakening that people have. And, you know, there's a group that we've talked about before out of Chicago called Ibbotson, IBBO. T-S-O-N. And if you Google Ibbotson and Gold, you'll see that they were bought by Morningstar, the rating agency, but they were tasked with finding alternatives or inversely related assets to the stock market. And they came back and they said, because interest rates have been suppressed for so long, gold and silver are the only inversely correlated assets to the stock market. It used to be bonds were the inversely correlated thing, and they're not. And you have to wonder at what point do the pension funds, do the IRA or the, the 401k administrators, the insurance uh, fund managers, at what point do they dump their bonds as rates continue to rise and the bonds they're holding continue to be um, eviscerated right out from underneath them? And then when they sell those bonds, it only increases the, 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 the rise in rates. Look, Wall Street loves low interest rates. There's no question about it. And watching the sell-off in the 10-year just the other day, is obviously behind the euphoric rise in the stock market. It's all manipulated, as Chris Powell says, there are no free markets anymore. Mother Nature will have her way with all of this. And I think indeed, there are people waking up to this. People who never would have looked this way before would have been happy earning a, a three or 4% return in what was supposedly a non-inflationary environment. Well, you know, I don't think we'll see 2% inflation. And if we do, it will be a long way down the road. And until then, until we see rates above the rate of inflation, um, the real rate of inflation, bonds are certainly going to lose their luster. And maybe that's what's driving some of the money manager inquiries and some of the much larger orders that we've seen here just in the first few days of the year. Not the crazy volume, but we are beginning to see, again, some large orders and some money manager inquiries uh, into, into gold and silver right now here at the beginning of the year. And I think that's probably why as people wake up to their to the 2022 performance and the lackluster performance in what is traditionally supposed to be the hedge to the risk part of your portfolio. And it, it's certainly at negative at 16% drop, the worst in the history of the 10-year treasury. Um, you know, what does 2023 have in store for us? I guess I would, if I had to guess more of the same, as rates continue to rise. And if they don't and they pivot and they go the other way, as some people think they will, well, then they lose all credibility. And the Fed then signals an inflationary agenda that uh, over austerity, and that has ramifications of its own, all of them leading to the same place. And that is rates rising. And 
So, you know, I think people are waking up for the first time and maybe taking a little bit of responsibility for their own portfolios. Well, as we look at the Fed funds probabilities, we see that priced in to get another 75 basis points higher by May. And then interesting that the probabilities of a rate cut now uh, coming in July. So certainly something that everyone will be keeping an eye on as we progress forward through this year. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, though, is in terms of the people who are buying, what what specifically are they buying? Is there particular products or what what is it that people are going after right now? It's been the same thing that I said to you three years ago, and it's uncanny. And yeah, we have gold sales. I mean, there's no question about it. But 99% of the people who are purchasing precious metals these days are doing so in silver. Um, they're buying silver, period. I mean, there, there are people buying gold, but the people who are tuned in to precious metals and into what's going on understand that, that silver represents, in my opinion, the value of a generation. And I don't have to keep saying it. You don't have to keep saying it. Wall Street Silver doesn't have to keep saying it. David Morgan doesn't have to keep saying it. Everyone in this industry who understands the virtues of silver, I think has done a really good job over the last few years of, of talking about what silver really represents in terms of its value against its dwindling supply, against its utilities and its uses and its geologic footprint, all of the things that we see that make people understand what a value silver really is, has translated into, again, um, 2022, our biggest year ever. I don't know the exact numbers yet, but if I had to guess, mid 95 percentile 96 somewhere in that neighborhood of all the orders we have done are in silver it's the value of a generation and and you have to really not pay attention to not notice that so while there are people buying gold chris it's still the real value is in silver and and it's also the real majority of everything that we sell and and I say that to you, not because you focus on silver. It really is the truth. And it's really hard to notice, to not notice, that there are very few things I've ever seen that check all the boxes in terms of it being a really darn good place to put your money. So silver, bottom line. Yeah, well, it is interesting. Uh, look at the gold price. Not that far off of 1900 which is just interesting, especially with everything that happened last year and Silver is still sitting there close to $24, about 75 to 1 ratio. So um, seems like there's a little catching up to do, and we will see how that plays out going forward. Last one for you. Just wanted to get any update on what's going on with the U.S. Mint. Are they producing the coins? Are they coming out in the normal allocations, or how are things looking on that side? Well, they're coming out. The premiums have come down a bit. They're still stupid. And I can't quite figure it out. You would think with the new allocations and all the premiums coming down that they too would be coming down, but they haven't. And um, the Gold Eagle premium, the Gold Buffalo premium has come back a little bit closer to what I would consider to be normal. They're still high, but a little closer. The Silver Eagles are still, it's just unbelievable how um, the pricing on Silver Eagles has remained um, disconnected from everything else in the silver universe, including the other five major sovereign mints. So they're available, but um, really strangely, uh, still very disconnected from everything else. And as much as I love Silver Eagles, being a US mint reseller, uh, an honor that I'm very proud of, 
I have a hard time recommending it. I would say that for the first time in a very long time, um, junk silver premiums have come down uh, to a more manageable, reasonable level because for the last three years, they've been stratospheric also. Those high premiums enticed some people to sell. And so while it's not plentiful, um, you know, it, it's it's more realistic. The U.S. Mint, on the other hand, and the new products, silver still, in what I would consider to be not a great value on the Eagle, unless you really, really want them. I would choose anything else but the Silver Eagle until we see those come back down. My whole career, they were between 50 and 75 cents higher than the other five major sovereign mints. They're still uh, six, seven, eight, nine dollars more than them, well, more like six or seven dollars more, but that's still way out of whack compared 10 times what they normally were for the majority of my career. Well, we'll be interesting to see how that develops going forward. And perhaps as we wrap up, anything in particular that is on sale or is at a lower level that people might want to look at if they are thinking about purchasing silver this week? We are specialing the 2022 Kruger Ann at 419 over, excuse me, I believe it's 399 over. I lowered that. 2022 Kruger Ann at 399 over and the Valcambi Kilo Silver Bar at 299 over. So you can see the premiums are coming down, but they're still high. I mean, most of my career, Kruger Ann would have been 265 over. So at 399, it's still higher, but coming down from the seven and eight dollars over that we've seen most of the last year or so. Uh, those would be in stock and ready for immediate delivery. 2022 Kruger ends at, at $3.99 and brand new Valcambi Kilo 32.15 ounce bars that come in boxes of 15 for $2.99 over. All right. People can find out more about that at arcadiatmilesfranklin.com or questions or pricing on anything else. And Andy, just want to say thank you again for joining us and shedding a little light to what is happening on the retail level. Always nice to have you here on these Tuesday shows and look forward to seeing you again next week. I look forward to it too, Chris. And if I, I have a feeling that there'll probably be a good, a good deal more to talk about each week over the next few as we get deeper into the first quarter, things start rolling again. I have a feeling that we'll see things start to speed up, but uh, for what it's worth yeah i love being here thanks for for the opportunity good to see you and i look forward to seeing you next week as well